2: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03,
3: Tuesday afternoon, August 2nd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. Discounts are returning, bringing savings on your next shopping trip. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, investors are keeping an eye on two key issues today. On the geopolitical front, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi arrives in Taiwan, setting up a high-stakes standoff with China. While on the economic front, job openings fell sharply in June. Joining us to sip through the pile is Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. Andy, thanks for joining us once again today. What will it take to calm the markets as far as uh, this visit by Nancy Pelosi is concerned to Taiwan? What will convince them that uh, geopolitical tensions are not going to ramp up even further? Well, the
4: good news is is that the Chinese did not shoot down her plane. So let's start there, okay? So that was good news. Well, was that um, was, it, was that it landed, in the realm
3: of possibility?
4: It, anything's in the realm of possibility. Um, so uh, that's the starting point. And then after she landed, we haven't seen any major fireworks or any uh, military interventions by China. Um, we, we've seen them uh, shut down about a hundred. Uh, Taiwanese companies exporting into China. Uh, We've seen cyber attacks on the uh, presidential website in Taiwan, Um, things like that, but nothing major at this point. And that's why we've seen stocks that were down about 14 or 15 points in the S&P. They've rallied now. They're up about 17, I think, 14 or 17. But this isn't over yet. I mean, this is going to continue for some time. Um, It will bubble over at some point, I think. Um, It's got the potential for a military escalation somewhere in here. I'm not sure how it's going to play out. It could be something in the South China Sea. We're just not sure what's going to happen. But don't take... The initial reaction of China right now, just today on this as like an all clear, they're going to continue to ramp up pressure on Taiwan and the United States.
3: And then moving things uh, back to the United States, uh, job openings fell sharply in June, but that needs to be put into perspective. There's still, uh, as far as the, the number of open jobs that exist, it's still above 10 million.
4: Right, and it's about 3 million above where we were prior to the outbreak of COVID. So one of the things I'll point out with this JOLTS number, it's really good. I mean, it's still got a lot. Of, it's, it's almost two to one number of job openings per applicants right now or people that are looking. Um, the thing is about this number, why we care about it, because the Fed cares about it. And what they said is, hey, look, if we can navigate a soft landing, we will see not necessarily unemployment go up, but we'll see this really large number of job openings start to decline And that will ease some of the inflationary pressures. And and that's what we're seeing right now. So, so far, so good as far as the Fed raising interest rates and not seeing a rise in unemployment. We'll find out more on Friday, obviously. but. That's why we care about this number. It's been extraordinarily high, really, ever since the COVID shutdown.
3: And then very quickly, as far as the health of the job market is concerned, that is a high number, 10.6 million openings. What's the quit rate? Because that's a measure of how people feel about uh, about the job market. They can quit their job knowing another one is waiting for them.
4: Yeah. And I think that's one of the interesting things. Um, We've continued to see that type of turnover be pretty high. And I think every employer will tell you they still are struggling to get workers. You know, there's been a lot of ghosting of interviews where interviews are set up and then people just don't show up. Um, There seems to be a tremendous amount of confidence in workers um, when that quit rate goes up significantly, um, that they are comfortable quitting without even having another job lined up. So that's a a stat that we kind of keep a close eye on. But again, I think the overall number of the the, the, the 10.7 million jobs available, that one is really the one that I focus on more because the Fed focuses on it.
3: Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at AndrewBush.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, discounts at the checkout line are making a comeback.
2: The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The increase in prices for many things caused consumers
3: to keep a closer watch on their spending but there's now a little bit of relief as retailers are bringing back discounts here to enlighten us is Jan Rogers Niffin the CEO of J Rogers Niffin worldwide based in New York Jan thanks for joining us today it's uh, uh, the, the major retailers seem to be singing from the same songbook and that is uh, they uh, went out there and uh, tried as hard as they could to uh, make up for this incredible Demand in 2021 and portions of 2022. That demand has fallen off, and now they have warehouses and back rooms uh, filled with stuff they got to get rid of, and so they're slashing prices.
5: Yeah, that's kindly described as we have more stuff than they want to buy. And that happens in retailing occasionally, and it certainly happened this time. But that started in the first quarter, and it ran into the second quarter. And I think what I said at the time was we have seen the peak. Of inflation in goods. That doesn't mean in in goods and services. That doesn't mean in in goods and wages, but it does mean in goods. And that's because we're now discounting the prices out to get the consumer to buy the stuff that came in either later than we expected it or came in in larger quantities than we ever anticipated. And they decided they didn't still need all that stuff.
3: Is now, now, are the retailers, though, are they going to be in a bind uh, as things move from goods to services? Because from a, a family perspective, you know, one can only buy so many TVs or patio sets or uh, things like that. And uh, you're not going to buy another one just because they're cheap. Or do they hope to bring in the people who are kind of hovering on the sidelines waiting for prices to come down?
5: Yes. Yeah, so are they going in a bind? Yes, they're already bound and they've been bound since first quarter. And they've basically told us that. You may recall that Target told us twice they were going to lower their earnings projections. And Walmart told us twice over the last two months or two quarters that they were going to lower their earnings projections. And they did that because they understood the consumer was changing tastes. They were buying different things than what they had anticipated. And so a lot of the stuff that they had already brought in, particularly on the apparel side of the business in both two companies, were going to be discounted out at lower levels than they had originally anticipated. Now, that's not true with the higher-end consumers. Um, when you look at goods and services in the luxury range, like clothes at LVMH or carrying with Gucci or Tapestry or Capri, we haven't seen that. Those have continued to sell well to that consumer. But at the at the Walmart target area, we've got more apparel than we know what to do with, and we're discounting it out, and that's reflecting in their earnings. And that's why they lowered their earnings projections for both the quarters as well as the full year
3: 2022. And then uh, very quickly, some states are uh, imposing their sales tax holidays as the back-to-school season approaches. Uh, Illinois, the Illinois sales tax holiday starts on Friday. Uh, Could this be one way the big retailers clear out that backlog of merchandise?
6: I
5: actually think we're going to have a good back-to-school Because I think the consumers, therefore, you know, kids didn't have quite a normal year last year and they didn't the year before, of course. And I think back to school is going to be strong. The real question we have is all the other stuff that they have to clear out of the way and how that will work between now and the end of the year. But we've gone a long way down the road of getting those things cleared out. So I actually think Q3 and Q4 may be a little better than people are talking about right now. And I think back to school is going to be good. And those sales tax holidays always help. But we get those every year.
3: Jan rogers Niffin, the CEO of J. rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, financial relief could also be on the way for air travelers.
7: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
3: As fall approaches, air travelers might see some relief from airline ticket prices that have soared into the summer. Joining us now is Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chadwick Institute at DePaul University based in Chicago. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Is this simply a function of the uh, summer rush coming to an end and the airlines have to fill those seats while the kids go back to school?
7: You know, it's a little more disturbing than that for airlines that we just had a tremendous run, you know, from April through July and then the wheels kind of came off no pun intended, just with with kind of three things one uh, uh we have this economic slowdown, which has people you know thinking twice before pressing uh pressing book uh, secondly, we had such a rough May and June with flight cancellations and delays and and high fares that consumers are just a little gun shy about getting on looking at air airfare, airfares right now with all the the stories that are uh, happening and uh and then finally, a lot of those pent-up trips that were kind of put off for the pandemic have already been taken. So the airlines are a little nervous for the autumn.
3: And, uh, I mean, what type of uh, travel drop-off are they anticipating? I mean, I mean and, and then it, you know, the, the service disruptions, um, what types of modes of transit uh, are people choosing to take instead of flying? Are they just skipping the trip entirely, or are they driving, or maybe they're taking the train? Where, where are they going?
7: Yeah, a couple of things come to mind here. One, we usually see a drop off right after Labor Day, and that's a really slow period. This year, it's happening a bit earlier, like uh, even August. Fares are down considerably, and. Uh and that's due to some of those factors I just mentioned. So I think that's a little more disturbing for the airlines. They're they're still really optimistic about the upcoming holidays. So if you're planning to book Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, earlier the better, I think, for that, because uh, we will see that, that bounce back probably. But we have seen a lot of traffic on the roads. And Amtrak, you know, is forecasted to be back to pre-pandemic uh, as soon as uh, early next year. So we're seeing a uh, real strength on all the ground modes uh, with public transit lagging behind for other factors like work from home.
3: And then how is uh, how is the business market recovering compared to the leisure market? We know the leisure market is back, and in some cases it's, it's definitely exceeded uh, pre-pandemic uh, passenger levels. But uh, is business travel coming back?
7: You know, the convention market has almost fully recovered, and that's been a good thing. In Chicago, we're a bit of a latecomer getting McCormick Place uh, revved up for the big shows, but they're they're coming back, and uh, also uh, uh, with a lot of strength – uh, right now in, in some of the uh, kind of combined business pleasure trips where people mix you know business pleasure together. What hasn't come back is sort of the w- road warrior or sales traveler who is on the road meeting clients and so forth. You know, we think that's back to about 70%, 60% pre-pandemic. Uh, but, you know, for the airlines, that was their bread and butter. So they've uh, still shifted a lot of flights to those leisure destinations because that market uh, uh, has been slow.
3: And then very quickly, if you want to look for deals, uh, where should you start?
7: You know, it's remarkable how people uh, uh, like Southwest Airlines has these big big sales. They usually end on Thursday nights. And if you check middle of the week, you often can grab some really good fares. Uh, we're also seeing uh, uh, the big uh, network airlines. Uh, selling uh, midweek travel, you know, Tuesday, uh, Monday, noon through Thursday, and really cheap this autumn. So if you can adjust your vacation schedules and, and plan on those days, there's there's some nice bargains.
3: Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chaddick Institute at DePaul University in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Still ahead on this Travel Tuesday, we'll get some tips about taking a luxury vacation while on a budget. <laughs>
2: This is Chicago's News, Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
3: Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Despite threats from China of serious consequences, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is starting a trip to Taiwan. British-based oil giant BP reports bringing in big profits in the second quarter. Coming up in the Noon Business Hour, we'll get some tips for taking a luxury vacation without putting a big dent in your budget. We'll also get some advice for maintaining online security especially as your kids prepare to return to school. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed. The Dow is down 209 points. The NASDAQ is up 30. The S&P 500 is down 4.5. AccuWeather says sunny to partly cloudy today, becoming hot and more humid. A high near 90. Cooler along the lakefront, 82 degrees right now at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's controversial trip to Taiwan is underway. She's expected to visit with the democratically elected president of Taiwan's government tomorrow.
4: In a statement, Nancy Pelosi says her visit is meant to honor America's unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's democracy. Beijing has said it amounts to the U.S. undermining China's sovereign security interests. The Biden administration has urged China not to overreact, noting that Pelosi isn't the first House Speaker to make this trip, Newt Gingrich did it in 1997, and that the U.S. remains committed to the one-China policy and would not support a unilateral declaration of Taiwanese independence.
3: That's CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The pain being experienced by American drivers at the gas pump has been gained for oil giant BP.
2: BP's
1: profits tripled in the three months ending in June to nearly $8.5 billion. Powered by global oil and gas rises, paid in part by all new drivers pulling up to the 7,200 BP and Arco-branded filling stations in the U.S. BP is also the biggest marketer of natural gas in North America. Think of that. That when you get your next heating bill. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London.
3: It's 12.32. The Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter, based in Hammond, the author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Just in the last couple of minutes, uh, the Dow uh, decided to take the down escalator, uh, now down uh, over 240 points. They were down about uh, 50 or 60 not too long ago. Uh, what's driving some of the market movement today? Yeah, a lot of the volatility, and we've seen it since the,
8: the start of trading today. I think the Dow at one point was down over 300 points, and then I think it might have been up. And now, as you said, it's taken the down escalator. I think part of it is is being driven by kind of the volatility around Speaker Pelosi's trip and what the ramifications of that might be. You know, especially from a business side of things in terms of, of China. Uh, I Also, too, I think there's a, an awful lot of investors trying to basically digest what happened in the market last week and for the month of July, which was the best market, uh, the best monthly performance in, in the Dow and the S&P since November of 2020. And trying to evaluate whether that is something that's going to continue or not. So hence, you get kind of this volatility here, especially uh, we are still in earnings season, and that always lends some volatility to the picture as well.
3: During our previous conversations, uh, you did say that uh, we are still in a bear market, but uh, the, the amount of uh, growth took place in the month of July. Is that uh, forcing you to uh, reevaluate your position?
8: Not, not entirely, in a sense that you know the, the Dow theory still has not confirmed a bull market trend according to our work. Uh, having said that, uh, there are certain you know, green shoots that you can't ignore in terms of the sorts of things that you like to see when markets are bottoming, such as, for example, markets uh, in individual stocks tending to do okay in the face of negative news, and we've certainly seen that. Uh, and you've also seen on a very short-term basis, a series of higher highs in the major indices, which is something that you want to see as well. Um, so, you know, while while the, the we have not made that declaration yet, uh, you know, the evidence points to if investors were sitting on a fair amount of cash, if they wanted to start to feed that cash into the market and start taking advantage of it, not all of it, but start to do some buying, this is an environment that's probably okay to do that. Uh, we'd like to see how the market behaves on the next uh, the next pullback and see if the, the recent lows hold up or not. That's kind of what we're waiting for.
3: The uh, Dow transports uh, were, were, were what kind of drove the market lower, no pun intended, earlier this year. How is that index doing uh, since July 1st?
8: Well, the, the index is doing quite well uh, since July 1st, except for today it's down about 2.5%. Uh, but the strength of that index is is a positive because as as you know when we've talked the the dow jones transportation average tends to be one of the more if not the most economically sensitive index there is so it's always good to see that index you know doing well particularly you know when there's a lot of talk about a recession a significant economic slowdown etc uh... that the transports tend to be kind of the canary in the coal mine and other than today they have uh, held themselves up very well here over the last four to six weeks.
3: And the one thing I did notice when looking at the Dow Transports is that the uh, trucking sector, especially earlier this year, was uh, really taking it on the chin between uh, the ongoing supply chain disruptions and the uh, run-up in the price of diesel fuel. Uh, has Is the trucking sector doing better now that uh, the supply chain crunch seems to be easing and, and, and fuel prices are going down just a little bit?
8: Yeah, you are seeing some of the, the, the truckers in the index and, uh, you know, the the big transporters like FedEx, which, you know, uh, uh, trucking, but in addition to air cargo and so forth, yes, they are doing better. You look at uh, a stock like Ryder, for example, a trucking company, and, and since July 6th, that stock is up, uh, you know, uh, about 10%, which is a pretty big move in a fairly short period of time. So, uh, yes, that group is getting some benefits from lower fuel prices and some working out of some of the the supply channels uh,
2: that we've seen.
3: Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana.
2: Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
3: We talked about air travel getting cheaper in the fall during our last half hour, and now we'll look at ways to save when you get to your destination. Joining us with some ideas is Cindy Richards, the editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com, an online family travel magazine based in Chicago. Cindy, thanks for joining us today. How can one uh, get into a, a luxury resort at Budgetel prices?
1: That's what we all want, right? Well, we have a whole story on TravelingMom.com that is 50 ways to save on a luxury vacation, so how to have a champagne vacation on a beer budget. But one of my favorite ways is free. You join the loyalty programs. Um, Airlines, hotels, rental car companies, they've all got loyalty programs. And if you join, definitely join before you book because being a member gives you access oftentimes to member-only rates, So you get the best rates. And then once you arrive, say, at the hotel, it gives you access to um, perks like free Wi-Fi or, um, uh, you know, a free bottle of water in your room, anything that you don't have to pay for and you get a nicer place.
3: And then uh, the next one is kind of sounds kind of counterintuitive, but uh, there is merit. Spend money to save more, as in you can, you know, don't just go by the number you see on the travel website. Uh, Spend a little bit more on the hotel room because maybe this particular hotel has a free cocktail hour or free snacks or or something that uh, would cost a lot of money if you had to pay for it yourself.
1: Well, yeah, it's one of my absolutely favorite travel hacks. Is if you can spend a few extra bucks or a few more points and book on the concierge floor at a hotel, at a nice hotel chain, they've always got concierge floors, and then they've got um, they've got a lounge up there where there's always free snacks. You can often get, you know, sort of a continental breakfast, some bagels, and with a schmear, and you know, a cup of coffee for free, and You know, I I learned this for sure when I was traveling with teenagers. You know, teenagers are always ravenous, and it can cost you a fortune to feed them. But if you stay on the concierge floor and you can get free bagels, they can eat three of them. You can have yours, and you've saved a lot of money on a couple of meals. And some of them do even have free cocktail hours in the afternoon. And it's not just high-end hotels either. You know, some of the um, extended stay hotels – will have a couple of nights a week. They'll give you a free meal, a burger or a taco or something at the end of the day. So it's not luxury, but it's a way to get some free food while you're on your vacation.
3: And when uh, we travel as a family, I have three little girls with me, and I have discovered that it's a lot easier and maybe and sometimes a lot more price competitive to get a – Go the Airbnb route, than uh, getting a hotel because you get an entire house and uh, the amount of square footage you're getting for your Airbnb uh, uh, amount uh, is way more than you'd get at a hotel. So, what can we, what can you, what you say about uh, either going Airbnb or possibly, you know, renting somebody's timeshare and uh, and doing that as opposed to going to a hotel?
1: Well, the nice thing about an Airbnb, in addition to the extra room, is they have kitchens, so it's another way to save on. Uh, your food. You can certainly have, you know, easy breakfast and maybe even some, you know, uh, some lunch fixins in the room. So you're going to save on a couple of meals. Um, but you know, there's also, I mean, you want to stay sometimes at a really nice place. Like if you're going to Disney and you're gonna, you're gonna blow the budget and have a great big Disney vacation. There's this kind of secret way that a lot of people don't know about. We also have a story about this on travelingmom.com. You can rent people's Disney Vacation Club points. That's the Disney uh, like timeshare program, yes. and people who can't use their points, they put them through this um, company called David's Vacation Rentals, and you can go there and you can rent their points. Um, we have a story on the site that talks about a really high-end uh, luxury Disney resort that would have cost um, $3,000 just for the stay, but through David's Vacation Rental, you could get that same stay for half price. So there are, there are also secret ways to do it. You just want to join the right loyalty programs. You can even join things like Costco and AAA, and they have travel programs that offer travel discounts, um, so you can get more for your money through those as well.
3: And then lastly, and very quickly, uh, the immortal words of uh, Dalton in Roadhouse uh, applies in this situation. Be nice
1: Be to the nice, people you, you encounter.
3: Know,
1: especially these days. Um, Service people get beat up so much. If you show up at the hotel and you're really nice to that front desk clerk and you would really like an upgrade to a better hotel room, be nice, especially if you happen to be the person who followed the person who was not nice to her. Um, it's going to make a big difference. They have the power to make your life better. You have the power to make their life better.
3: Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com, based in Chicago. Join us this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday, and still to come, a look at making sure your kids are safe online.
2: Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
3: With kids getting ready to head back to school, it's important to make sure they'll be safe when working online. Joining us with some helpful advice is Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Jerry, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, When it comes to... uh, uh Uh, back to school and doing school work, an iPad or a tablet uh, is uh, definitely part of, it's something you need now. It's not just a luxury. And that includes uh, students who are maybe in kindergarten or first grade. Uh, What are some things that parents uh, should keep an eye on and what lessons should they impart to their children as uh, they get ready to log in for another school year?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's really important to teach your kids good uh, uh, cyber hygiene rules. You know, using uh, uh, passwords, different passwords for different accounts. Um, over 81% of all hacks that occur result a- a- as of a, uh, be- because of reused passwords. So if you use the same password, uh, it's most likely you're going to get hacked. You know. Uh, also, make sure that your systems are all updated. You got patches on them for both the uh, operating systems, the Windows operating systems or Mac operating systems. In the applications, because all these things have vulnerabilities in it, and hackers are out there uh, trying to get at it. So the cyber hygiene is extremely important. What's also uh, a, a big risk today is hackers are going after students' email addresses from the school. They're going after the parents' email addresses and sending fake email addresses that look real. Things like uh, the lunch, your, your lunch payment, whether it's a kindergartner or a college student. Uh, for meal payments, those uh, the hackers are out there sending phishing scams about those, uh, and and they can you know steal your identity. They can simply you know steal your credit card information, or they can install ransomware and things of like that on, on on your machines. Um, it's really important to note too that it's no longer just emails. Texts now, for the first time, has overcome um, spam for emails. There are more spam texts today than there are email spams so you know just because you get a text from looks like from your school don't click on the links don't click on the phone number because that could be malware that gets loaded into your phone
3: and then uh, very quickly uh, uh, jerry when it comes to uh, messaging programs uh, always you know keep an eye out for uh, people you don't know but also uh, watch out for cyberbullying too
6: exactly and and these applications whether they're Uh, school applications that allow for um, different collaboration between uh, other students or people in the class, or gaming applications, all of these have the ability to have people that have logged in fictitiously as a a person and are out there not only for cyberbullying but potentially to get personally identifiable information. Uh, to hold it against the student or to cause some kind of malicious activity.
3: Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and a member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago, thank you for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?